This is the Things We Do podcast, a podcast about film life, television, culture, mental health, and all of that fun, jazzy stuff. Today, I've got my special guest, Lies. Hello. Oh, hello. There we go. I did it. I did it correctly. You did. Because, <laughs> like, you know, just oh man, I've had some killer names to pronounce in in such a speed time right. as well. So yours is the easiest. One syllable. Yeah, I know. Real it's quick. just it's real quick. Yeah. So. Now, I am going to give you the difficult question of answering who you are and what you do. Okay, let's do it. Le- yeah, so who are you? <laughs> All right. Um, well, I guess um, le- I'll start by saying like I'm a Sydney-based artist. Um, I'm queer. I'm a non-binary person. Um, and I make a lot of – I mean, I'm primarily a photographer and filmmaker. Yeah. Um, but – uh, as my journeys have gone along, I've realized that I like other mediums as well. Mm. Um, I've dabbled in music, um, not personally writing it myself, but performing. Um, so I guess, yeah, I'm a multimedia artist, but primarily I'm, I, my goal is to make films yeah. eventually, you know, <laughs> I mean, continue to make films. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's such an, a, a broad spectrum of like things as well. It is. Um, <laughs> which, you know, I feel like most, as we were talking just before we were recording, millennials seem to do, we are a strong category for not having, <clears throat> I want to say, I'm trying to pigeonhole ourselves into one thing. It's kind of like you need to understand everything mm. in order to like um, get that full spectrum of everything. Like especially with film, like, um, you know, it, it's good that you understand photography and like stuff like that because I feel like a lot of people who go, I like film, know nothing about like the principles yes. of thing. Was that was that something that you wanted to do early on in your life when you knew? Yes, um, yes, definitely. <laughs> like I was always a very precocious kid. You know, um, hmm. I was always uh, into theatre um, and into showmanship. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, so anything that was like a group of people all coming together to collectively make themselves look silly for other people. Like I was in, you know, like, so I was a theater kid from a really young age. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was classically theater trained as an actor until I was about um, 19 years old with the oh. Queensland Theater Company. Um, and that was just because I liked the creativity around it, yeah. I think. Um yeah, it was very – there was a lot of imagination going on, obviously, yeah. with cheap community theatre. I mean <laughs> – You know, you have to use those. We don't can't afford the backdrops and the lighting, so – No, but you try. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, yeah, and so, like, that part of me was always there, I think. Yeah. Yeah, wanting to uh, make stories and uh, entertain people, like – always being a class clown, mm. always, but always like, yeah, also from a serious note. I've always been, look, I've always been someone that's had a lot to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think in saying that, did that, that must have really drove like the whole idea to move to Sydney. Was it a lot? Did you feel like you were sort of like a little bit pigeonholed in Brisbane? Was that the reason you moved to Sydney? Yeah. Um it was more, yes, pigeonhole is one way to look at it. It was also that I was bored. Ah. You know, I'd spent 21 years of my life in Brisbane. Yeah. Uh, grew up there, you know, did all the th- Like, I thought I'd done, I mean, I obviously hadn't seen all of Brisbane because Brisbane's a very big city. Yeah. But within my little bubble, I was kind of like, <clears throat> I want to 
see some more stuff. I want some, I want to be challenged. Yeah. You know, I want to um, meet some more people. I, you know, have ideas thrown at me that I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. yeah can, that are going to challenge me that are outside of my realm of knowledge. Yeah. So Sydney to me was very exciting um, just because it was just a bigger city. Mm. There's more people. It's more diverse. Um, and also being queer definitely played a big role in that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel the advantage of Sydney in the queer community is it's very broad in a lot of ways. I feel like it's 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 kind of like the interesting thing is it, it it's quite big, but it's also quite intimidating at mm-hmm. points. Yes. And um, I know so many people in it. And I know a lot of queer people who just kind of try and not get too involved with it. It's such a weird thing. Whereas like, um, yeah, because that's the environment that Sydney has always been. It's such a Mm. happening place that if you weren't, I think the pressure that I remember I grew up with was if you weren't a part of it, you weren't a part of it. Like if you didn't blend in. So I think there was like that kind of thing. But I imagine someone who didn't have like Brisbane, I don't know what the um, queer community is like up there. Minimal. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it's probably quite a a good thing to kind of jump straight here and have that. Oh my God. Yeah, dude, I was excited. Yeah. You know, I had a friend move here um, about six months before I did. Oh. She's a musician and we grew up together and went to the same school and she was just like, mate, you've got to come down to Sydney. Like I'm in Newtown. There's gay people, you know, there's artists, there's people who, you know, it's going to completely expand your mind. And I was just like, as soon as I caught wind of it, I was like, yep, I've got to do that. Yeah. You know, I think I was always like, I'm I'm not someone who's ever comfortable with where I'm at. You know, I'm always like, (laughs) well, what's the next thing that I could do? Like, where's the next exciting adventure? Yeah. Sort of thing. So it was very, yeah. Yeah, Yes. I was just going to say, like, that must have been such an interesting but also frustrating thing being um, a young child and just never wanting to sit still. Yeah. And yeah, well, very ADHD. Yeah. Yeah. But also, yeah, I was always like in the back of my mind, I, uh, I grew up in a very like, I guess... In, in a way, conservative. Yeah. But, it, you know, just in that small town kind of bubble way um, where I didn't even know a lot of gay people. I mm. certainly didn't know any lesbians. Yeah. Or any non-binary people or any trans people. And so, but in my heart, I knew that I was, you know, non-binary and gay, but it was something that I had to keep very, very, yeah. it was always on the back burner. And so for me, it was like, I'm just going to, you know, it was like that kid wishing like I'm gonna get out one day, you know. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna get out there. I'm gonna do something else. You know, this little town, it's not enough for me. Like it was a, a big fish, small pond, yeah. almost situation. Like I, I imagine also though people in the small town probably don't know non-binary at all. Like it's just kind of a foreign concept. Whereas you know you. I, and then, like, look, until the interesting thing is, until probably about five years ago, most mo- people didn't actually yes. fully understand non binary as yes. a concept. Um, and it's kind of, I remember chatting to my, one of my friends ages ago about the whole I- idea of like identity being in mainstream. And the Danish girl um, was like, the film that I feel like mm. pushed it really into the mainstream <clears throat> audience eyes, mm-hmm. even though that film has a lot of controversy, mm-hmm. and rightly nowadays, so. Nowadays. Nowadays. Yeah. It's it, it still, I remember watching that at the time and just going, this is the only, like, in the mass media public eyes, it's the only way forward. It's annoying that it's the only way forward mm. at the moment, but it is pushing a lot of representation forward 
because it wasn't being like I unless it was indie, mm. it really wasn't going into the mainstream film mm. cinema. Like, totally. And I actually um you saying that reminded me of in 2013 or 2012 or 2013 whenever blue is the warmest color yes. came out and i remember i was um <clears throat> 19 i think and i had never seen anything like that yeah like and i downloaded it online i watched it a million times i showed everyone i knew it and i was like this movie i had never seen anything that had described similar to what i'd ever experienced yeah um and even though you know that film has its problematic uh history yeah um but you know even so seeing a film like that as a kid being like whoa oh that's an option yeah like you know and so yeah like obviously trans issues are something that aren't colloquially so um yeah talked about now uh, you know as opposed to you know, 10 years ago, even the attitude's very different, but I do have to say like in Brisbane, I'm sure it's, I mean, there is a saying, it's like Brisbane's just like stuck in the eighties. It really is. It really is. And like, for a lot of reasons, I mean, like having said that there is a very good emerging scene, but these people have had to work very hard to get there Yeah, because it's Queensland. No, it's, it's Queensland. Go Queensland. Yeah. I mean, but also go the Maroons. Yeah, just quietly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Um, but I mean, like, also just for the general audience out there who don't kind of know what non-binary means, like, how would you describe it? Because I was described as sort of like just being kind of a little bit in the middle in, in this weird sort of spectrum area. It's not, I wouldn't say weird, but yeah, it's just the middle point. Yeah, I think weird's a fine way to describe it just because it, there's a very non-conforming yeah. aspect to it. Yeah. And so it's less rigidly defined. Um, it's almost like it exists. It's a something, okay, for the audience out there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. For the audience out there, um, a non-binary gender identity at least for me, and yeah. I don't speak for everyone. No. Um, but for me, I would describe it as I was born female. Yeah. And my biology is female. Um, but, you know, um, as I was growing up as a child, I always felt like my femaleness of my body was a, 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 limita- a, a limitation. Yeah. And there were loads of aspects of, I mean, I remember being a kid and being like, why does my brother get to do those things? But it's weird if I do it. Yeah. You know, and so I came, you know, I came from it from a very, I knew who I was from a very young age. Um, and and what it is, is I guess I just don't feel like I'm either, I'm a woman or a man. Maybe I'm both. Yeah. Maybe I'm neither. Um, you know, maybe there's, I'm, I'm a bit extra of all of that, I've got a lot of gender, you know, yeah. that's how to, like, I kind of feel like I've got a lot of gender happening and it's too much to kind of fit into two tiny little rigid boxes. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like it, it does. It's humanity is so much more nuanced than that. And <laughs> we're learning that the world isn't so black and white. And so it would make sense for our biology and our bodies and our understanding of every which way in between that to be more nuanced. So it makes sense for me to identify yeah. as non-binary. I, I I absolutely agree with that. And I think that's probably like the most like accurate way of describing it as well. Because it's interesting as well. I remember 
growing up and then I talked to my partner about this mm. uh, quite early on as well. And I'm one of those people who also fluctuates between all gender pronouns. Yeah. So you can call me they, you can call me he, you can call me she. But in honestly, I'm like you. I don't feel like I'm represented by the structure of, yes, I was born male, but to that point, yeah, nothing really applies. Yeah. It, it just kind of was what I was born with yeah. and therefore, you know. But, yeah, a lot of people kind of want to, I, you know, and nothing wrong with people wanting to fit a box and, mm-hmm. you know, tick all these boxes but sometimes i don't think the human brain or the human ability can be so rigid like you know i think it was like the best um thing i remember someone said which um was like everything is a chemical and everything is fluid and mm. and nothing you think will ever remain the same because exactly. it's constantly changing yeah and like i think the change is something that i have learned to be really excited about yeah um because I think a lot of people get really, especially young people, get really bogged down to figuring out who or what they are. Yeah. And the answer is, is that there is no answer. It, it changes all the time, you know, like, and I have changed. I mean, looking back at myself even five years ago when I moved to Sydney, uh, you know, I was a completely different person within my psyche. Yeah. And I would have identified completely differently and, um, and it was, and it was uh, valid at the time, you know, yeah. for, for how I was identifying was how I wanted to identify, if that makes sense. And, yeah. you know, I think it's important to give people room to grow and change with that because that, uh, it makes it more inclusive. It yeah. gives people a chance to go, it's not like you're choosing to be different, but you're allowing and accepting a change and a metamorphosis to happen to accept that we are humans, we're changing all the time, change is kind of our constant, you know, so it, it makes sense to kind of accept that we're a fluctuating, yeah. uh, that, like, it's, you know, it, it's <laughs> my so, gender is fluctuating. That's how I identify. <laughs> I think that's great as well. It's um, one of my favorite terms is gender fluidity or like. Yeah, um, yeah I think that's a nice, it's a nice blanket term. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, like, it's it's also so interesting because. Modern society—it's and there's always a part of me whenever I have these conversations with people who have not ever encountered these phrases before, or they, you know, they haven't watched, you know, cert, um, certain television mm-hmm. shows that mm-hmm. have a lot of these characters in, and they always get baffled by everything. And just mm-hmm. like, I don't want to, I don't want to pull out the books, but <laughs> I'm like, also just please educate yourself on a yeah. lot of. Yeah, well, I had an f- interesting thing happen recently yeah. um, with my mum. Oh, okay. And I grew up like my mum. Uh, had me when she was like 26 so she was quite young that's my age now wow okay so you know it's a weird time to reflect on being like yeah. me with a baby um i am a baby uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah i remember from a very young age she wanted me to be very fe- female yeah. and was had this fantasy of having a little girl that she could dress up with and play dolls and um you know do all those sorts of things that you know she had this idea of what having a daughter would be like and I was myself which was just completely different you know like I was like I want to roll around in the mud I want to wear army fatigues like (laughs) I'm going to steal my brother's clothes you know like and so all those I was very clearly who I was from a young age and I think it plagued her a bit and so she tried to as I got older especially put 
her expectations of gender onto me yeah. and has now only re- in recent, you know, in the last year or so, I've been vocal about me being non-binary with her. And her response has been really interesting. Oh, okay. Because she's really, I mean, she loves me, you know, yeah. she's my mom, but she's also willing to learn. Yeah. Which is something that I don't think a lot of people's parents, like, I think I'm very lucky like that. I mean, my dad's another story, yeah. um, but my mom is willing to learn and she wants to know and she gets it wrong all the time. <laughs> You know, it's kind of endearing. Yeah. Um, and she's kind of up with it. If I, you know, the other day she saw a photo of me and was like, "Are you taking hormones to get a mustache?" And I was like, "No, my my body just does that." And she was like, wow. "That's fascinating." And I was like, "Yeah, I would tell you." Yeah. Like you know, it's, but you know, she's asking the questions and she's talking. We're talking about transness. Yeah. And we're having these. Com- she's letting me educate her. Where. I am. I think a lot of people, people's parents, probably, you oh, hundred percent, aren't like that. But I'm. I'm really giving. She gets it wrong all the time, <laughs> but she's willing to try, which yeah. is huge for me. A huge step because of how much, like I, I think, forced gender roles did impact me as a kid. I think every trans and non, you know, every queer child has that sort of inherent. Uh, yeah, you know, I. I, I think it's bizarre, to, like, not bizarre, because I, I feel quite fortunate with my mother um, in the fact that she didn't, uh, my relationship with her was she went out and worked and my dad was the stay-at-home dad. Yeah. So I had a complete gender swap kind yeah, of stereotype right. roles. Um, and that's the kind of thing I do take away from that upbringing as being like, that's a good thing because my mom was always like, she essentially said to me and my brother not that long ago and said, it's like having two daughters because I can take you guys to the movies and, you know, take you out for coffee and all these things and take you window shopping because it's just there weren't as many things that she she was like, I don't have to, you know, pretend like there's all these stereotypes that right. are associated with everything. Yeah. I knew what she was trying to sort of get along with, right. you know, but at, at the end of the day with that quote. But it, it was like the gesture behind it was really nice because – it it just meant she wasn't phased by all the other things that, you know, came with every other, you know, necessity. Yeah. Like, you know, I feel like a lot of people try, yeah, as you're, you know, with parents, they yeah. really do try and inject. And like growing up in the 90s as well, like yeah. it was a very rigid time. Yes. You know, like it was very like, especially in in all sorts of ways, like we kind of harked back to the whole be super skinny, be very white, be very... Uh, you know, cis, be, yeah. you know, be very like marketable, be very yeah. like uh, put in a boxable, um, which is really great because that's dissolving heaps now, which mm. makes it a lot easier. And it actually makes it easier for not just the people who exist under that, but yeah. for the people who are around that because it makes it less rigid gateways um, to understand your loved ones. Yeah. You know, it makes, you know, like, Gay rights, you know, <laughs> absolutely, and I think, um, yeah, it's it's very it's very interesting, and I think I think the older generation, especially, are always going to get it a little bit wrong because they're you know they what's that saying where you get to a certain age and it's hard to entirely shift every one of your word habits like you just it's a, it's part you get of getting stubborn you, you do <laughs> you do but yeah I mean like absolutely I think that 
one of one of the things the one of the real su- surprising things was before I met my partner, I sort of like came, I came out to my parents in such an unusual way, because. Mm. Um, <laughs> I had come out to my friends and then when I came, my parents didn't know. I just assumed they knew. This was the sort of like running gag was I thought they knew and they hadn't known. Mm. And then when I was like, oh, I'm by, you know, all those things. And they were like, I had a phone call before I met my partner. And my mom was just like, oh, if you ever need a nice girl or guy or, you know, just anyone, as long as you're happy. And it was just kind of like she Aww. was ticking off the... You know, she was trying yeah. to tick these boxes so she Without didn't. being uh, offensive. Yeah, and I was just like, go, mom. That's great. And, Bless so her. It's, it's, it, as you say, it is the little things. They're not always going to get it right. No. Um, but the intention behind it. Yeah. It gets, you know, you notice it. I mean, do you find then with particularly people our age, do you think that they, like, I know not everyone is clearly like us who is, uh, you know, willing to learn. Mm. And I think one of the things that I always say, as anyone who represents as part of the, you know, queer community, you don't know everything. Oh. Because a lot of <laughs> Totally. This is what, like, I think we put on a social pressure as well. Is once you're part of this community, everyone thinks you know everything about the community. You don't. Totally. You and got- it's changing all the time. And, I mean, you know... It's a very, it's a, it's a good, like a good example of this is like looking back at queer people, like queer um, Gen Xs. Yes. Who are very much like, oh, I've done all my learning, you know, I've gotten over my oppression and now what's all this LGBTQ XYZ stuff? <laughs> and you're like, well, hang on a second. Like you've got to keep learning. Yeah. You know, like there's a, let's not be ignorant. Let's not stop where we're at yeah. just because we're good now. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I do. There are going to be things that are going to challenge us, probably continually as we get older. Yeah, possibly. I mean, we have to be open to that, and um, you know, yeah. I think it's yeah. You've got to be open minded, and I don't mean. <laughs> Yeah, like there are. You can preach, be- by the way. You can you could just say anything you want. To- yeah, I mean, like there are going to be things that we're going to look at. Yeah, I think in twenty years, and I hope, I hope, like fingers crossed, we're not going to be oldies going, oh, these kids these days. <laughs> you know, I mean, I find myself saying things like that sometimes. Actually, about it's mostly about music and pubs. To be fair. Yeah. Okay. And fair they, enough. And they like- deserve it. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. But like you know, and and you've got to be open to learning because. You know, our learning shouldn't stop just no, because I'm... we reach a point of privilege. Like, no. And if anything, your learning needs to continue because if you get to a point of privilege, your it's kind of your duty then to be like, all right, other people need to be where I'm at at least. Or yeah. like other people's voices need to get heard, not just mine, you know. Absolutely. And I think that's half the reason anyone should um, tell stories like this and also make stories that – are so inclusive um, because uh, it's my favorite thing now where, you know, there's a, you know, um, queer characters in shows that does it, they're not defined by it entirety. Mm. They're just part of who they are. And then the, you know, you see them just being like really fleshed out characters, having so many different interests, they can do whatever they want. And that is when you know that the writers behind it have thought, you know, less making an integral this is, you know, it's just a part of their life and, mm. and who they are. And I think that sometimes where writers get it wrong is, like, if you have a gay character, they've got to entirely be ticking all the gay boxes. And it's like, what does that 
mean? Yeah, because that's a caricature. Yeah. That's not even a real person. I mean, whose life is like that? Yeah. So you know what I mean? Like whose life is like is defined by being queer. Yeah. I mean, that's a boring life. I mean, like, I have to say, like, get a hobby, you know, like, <laughs> I do mean, something else. I mean, like, does that, does that as, as a queer person as well, does that get thrown at you? Like, do people just assume that your entire identity is your life? Um, not people, but, like, I definitely know, I think it comes... Sorry to throw you a curveball yeah, I'm question. Just trying to, yeah, sorry. I'm just trying to think. I mean, no. I'm going to say no. Okay. But but how I will answer that question is in two parts. And the other part is yes, because when you watch back for things, when you're watching anything, you know, a TV show or a documentary or a movie or playing yeah. a video game or a book or like literally anything, you will notice the queer character immediately, even if they're not immediately coded as queer. And you will notice when that character has been given any other anything. Mm. Um, and so I think I feel like I almost have a, a gaydar for that, for when, you know, it's like, oh, this is the queer character. Oh, their crux is going to be that they're gay. Yeah. And that's like, that's not an interesting turning point because give me any queer person that their crux is they're gay. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like our lives are so much more involved and uh, interesting than just being the token queer. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't wake up every day and go, I'm a queer. <laughs> what am I going to do queerly today? You know, I'm just going to get up and be like, make my coffee. Yeah. You know, think, you know. And so I think it, it, it frustrates me. Um when uh, people, these characters get written into a bit of a, uh, a hole. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's lazy to me. It's like writing someone who's like the brainiac and they're awkward and it's like give someone something, you know, like, yeah. I don't know, queer people are every, everyone. Like there's no token queer person. And yeah. so you have to approach writing people as people first. I feel like, and I don't know that I don't know how much you agree with this, or just whether or not it's mainstream. It's, I, I feel like there was a period of time, a few years ago, when when internet and everything really took off, and and the term, like when you know people were starting to become a part of the queer community, but when queer became almost like a hashtag, right? Like everyone had to be a part of this next trend. It's very. Well, yes. Yeah. Do you feel like that's true? There's, there's a part of that as well, that it's a trendsetter? Absolutely. I mean, look, it's been no secret that us queers have been trendsetters for, <laughs> since forever. Um, since before time, Since basically. before time. And, like, look at every cool thing that's been made. There's usually some queer person behind it that the idea yes. was stolen from, you know? Like, it happens a lot. Mm. Um, and, you know, I noticed this a lot, especially – as like okay as a non-binary lesbian um you notice that especially like fashion which i think is so shallow it's such a shallow thing mm. but for queer people the way we dress is such a coded uh you know yeah secretive super thoughtful way of expression because yeah. it had to be so s sneaky and it had to be super um 
you know, deliberate. Yeah. And and then all of these things are going to kind of take, like, you know, for example, like the iconic, like, keychain on the belt loop. Yeah. That is a dyke fashion statement, my dude. And now <laughs> it is just cool, you know? And I know. it's like, we got bullied for that. Like, but yeah, no, there are things that are taken from, I mean, it's the same with every minority group, isn't it? Like, yeah. every you know, things get taken and cho- chosen and cherry-picked to be um, representative. And if you're not going to represent the whole thing in its entirety, then it's it's only there to serve as a shallow marker. Yeah. You know, so that goes for characters that are written and put in as, oh, that's that queer character. And you're like, okay, but what are they saying about queerness? And mm. what, like, are they challenging anything? Are, are they there because they're challenging anyone? Or are they there because, you know, the other characters need something to be rev- reveling against? Yeah. Or they do need someone to be lectured by? <laughs> or So you start to kind of, I guess, yeah, question the motives of why it's there, which sucks because you yeah. don't want to be as a queer person being like, oh, shit, well, what are they going to do this queer person now? Yeah. Are they going to kill the lesbian? Because they usually do. They, they really do. <laughs> yeah. the t- the, it's like the horror f- um, films back in the day where, like, if you were queer, you were dead within, like, the first 30 minutes. You were and, dead. Yeah. And also if You're you were so the dead. only black character, Absolutely. you were so dead. Yeah, so minorities get, like, where, you know, yeah. get, you get preyed around. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. There, there's something to be said about that entirety, but I mean, I feel like it is definitely in mainstream still now. It is changing. It is, you know, mainstream audiences are getting much more variety of characters. Like yeah. it's not just. I know we were chatting right before we started recording that it's not always in the public eye. Yes, but. There, it is starting to change. There are little things that are being pushed forward. Mm-hmm. Um, there was an interesting article, though, I read really recently, and mm-hmm. I thought um, this was written um, uh, based on a quote that was done by Russell T. Davis, and he basically said that um, gay people will start playing um, gay characters, or you know, queer people will start playing queer characters, and and um, you know, and cisgender people should start playing just cisgender roles. Mm. What's your thought on that? Because that goes back to the whole, like, um, Danish girl and the, that whole yeah. controversy as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, a, this is a hard one. Yeah. Because I also believe in movie magic. Yeah. You know, I believe in the transformation of actors. I love acting. I respect it. But I also believe in uh, authentic representation yeah and my stance on this is kind of you know if you're not able to fully connect with that character on that level Mm. you probably shouldn't be able to play it like i can't play a black man no because i'm that's not my experience and no amount of makeup or training is going to get me to that level Mm. So I do believe that people, you know, it comes down to cast true to type, cast gay people as gay people, cast trans people as trans people. There are so many straight roles that, you know, straight actors have the opportunities to play. Um, But, you know, it is like I do believe it's a case by case thing. Like 
but to be fair, look, actually, I'm going to go back on that. <laughs> no, I think, you yeah. know, I think queer people should play queer roles. Okay. And I think they should be at least sought out to play yes. queer roles first. And if you exhaust that whole pool and, there that is large l- pool, yeah. and there's literally no queer person that you have to play that role, maybe read. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm just, I come from a, I I want it to be authentic. Like, as a filmmaker, you want it to be authentic, right? Like, you want it to come across almost real. Not real, but But almost almost real. real. Yeah. So, that's the kind of art in it. It's a challenge for you as a filmmaker to make that happen. That's true. You know? That's your challenge. That's your creative challenge. You're taking that on. So... Be authentic and be in be have some integrity with yeah. what you're showing and how you're how you're telling the story. Whose story is it? Yeah. As well, I think there's a lot of factors that go into it. You you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, look with with the Danish girl. It, it the only thing I remember them thinking was Eddie Redmayne would make money, and yes. that was a a very much a, a marketing from the studio, I believe. Yeah, and it was a very pop thing to do at the time. Yes. Wasn't it? Yeah. Like um, cast this beautiful, skinny, little kind of twinky-looking guy as this, you know, famous trans woman. Yeah. And that was acceptable at the time, sort of. Sort of. It was like 2015, I think, that came out, and it's like really only six years ago. Yeah, and so – but I remember the reception of it. And I remember even as a queer person going – at least they're telling this story. Yeah. And, you know, it's sad that we have to do that. Um, I mean, I think about a lot, uh, Boys Don't Cry. I have never seen that. I oh kind of, I, I, I've heard so many good things it about is, it. Well, it's traumatic because it's like based on a true story. Yeah. Um, of Brandon Tina, who was a real trans man who lived, um, I think, like in the Bible Belt in America. But the film is... Very harrowing because they actually did a very good job of casting. And, like, this is one of those rare occurrences where a cis woman is cast to play a trans man. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all, I mean, it's, I guess it's one of the, uh, maybe even a standalone thing. But they, they gave the story, um, they didn't glamorize it. Yeah. They weren't, like, they weren't, you know, they weren't taking its... They weren't taking themselves seriously while they were doing it. You know, they were like, "Yeah, we're going to use, like this person, Hilary Swank, who, by the way, did an incredible job okay. of the role. Like, I have to say, like, it was, inc- it's a very traumatic film, like, spoiler, like, and also trigger warning. There's a lot of violence and sexual violence and hate crimes in the film. Mm. But it's, it's, you know, I can't, I mean, it's probably pretty accurate. Yeah. To her, to, um, uh, Brandon's experience and his partner, who is played by Chloe Sevigny, who is queer. So, mm. you know, I think within that, there are sometimes these little anomalies that do occur yeah. within that. But it's like, you know, The Danish Girl, it's a beautiful film, big budget. Yeah. You know, they were like, who has the highest cheekbones and the <laughs> whitest skin and the most beautiful orange hair? It's Eddie Redmayne. Uh. You know, and like, I do wish maybe one day we'll get to it a point where we don't even need to look at someone's sex to cast them. Yeah. But because it is contextually and in history, very important still, you need to honor that. 
that's that's what I reckon. Yeah, yeah. I 100% agree with that. I think that's the best summary of a very, like, and it's interesting as well because every time you read these articles or everything, there's so much contention. This is why I don't like media entirely because they cherry pick it and then they divide everyone. Yeah. They really divide us on opinions. Yeah. And they, it's very black and white because we talk about this world being not black and white, but yeah. every media article and review goes, you like this for this reason, you don't like this but that reason. Yeah. And it's just, I think, to have this inclusive nature, which I also say about the queer community, like, you know, the queer community is a funny community. Yeah. It's it's not always inclusive. It's very divided. Yes. And as something that people, sh- you know, with both of us growing up in the 90s and having, you know, a s- group of people that really should make you feel like you're included, mm. sometimes the divide is very strange and very off-putting. Yeah. And that, I think, plays into a lot of, um, when they it's things that bother me about some films where it's like um I liked like I watched Love Simon which is you know a, a f- really nice feel good film mm-hmm. but I remember how unrealistic at the end it was mm-hmm. that it was just like everyone went cool he happens to be gay now <laughs> and and like it's like and that, yeah, no impact yeah no impact <laughs> no like completely being bashed you know or still you know because kids still to this day that unfortunately happens in in communities wherever like yeah even in australia yes it's it's fucked because you know you can't it it frustrates me because you can't be different Mm. you still in in a way even though these communities exist to make you feel included Mm. how did how did that feel like when you sort of like came to Sydney as well, was that something that you instantly found a little bit accepting? But then also the, did you see the people a part of the community that you went, mm. totally. Yeah. I think, yeah, moving from Brisbane where we have one gay club. One. One. It's called The Beat. Shout out. <laughs> um, the Beat. And uh, it's the kind of place you would go to like as a joke or like on a night out and be like, let's go to The Beat. You know, because, like, I was living very undercover in Brisbane yeah. for about, you know, the last year of being there. Yeah. Um, and so you're like, oh, we'll go to the beat. How much fun would that be? And, like, oh, let's not pretend, let's not take it seriously. Um, and the repercussions are, are for real because, you know, you have this experience that is so ostracizing because you do want to be yourself and so like i came to sydney and i was like great i'm gonna be they're gonna love me yeah (laughs) they're gonna love me you know how can we great you know why wouldn't they and then i got to sydney and i was like oh shit am i not gay enough you know like i was like oh there's oh it's not even a matter of like if you're gay or not it's like how cool you are or like Mm. what kind of gay you are or like what you do. And so there was all these clicks that I was just like completely not prepared for, (laughs) you know, like I just wasn't prepared for it. I had no, I had to do, look, I've done a lot of learning (laughs) in terms of like, even in my own self, like as a trans person, I was transphobic when I moved to Sydney Yeah, because of just like, I had no exposure and I had no idea or introduction to any of this so I got here as a bumpkin and was introduced to the scene so fresh and just was like this is so intimidating yeah this is so intimidating um everyone had a better handle on it than I did 
if that makes sense. It does, yeah. I mean, like, I feel like the community here is, yeah, it's interesting as well. It's very divided as well, like, through, like, socioeconomically. Yes. As Uh, well. It's... (sighs) Because I've been a part of it, like an industry that is very much made out of a lot of queer people. Mm. I remember being very hesitant to come out on any capacity in the industry as well. And I think it was because the TV and the film industry are two very different beasts. Sometimes when you're in the TV technological world, everyone can't be themselves. And it's made up a lot of like people who just don't want to admit things about themselves. So when, you know, like... Mm. And then the film industry is also sometimes very open and everyone's chatting. And But then there's sometimes you're on a set when, you know, someone's really bigoted and, right. that, you know, is very... Or it's unprofessional yeah. to disclose. Yeah. I was like... on a set recently. Oh, yeah. Um, I was up at North Queensland and we were doing... I was shooting a documentary uh, for a big, like, American production company yeah i'm not sure if i'm actually allowed to say i mean like, who it is i mean no, actually, I, 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 didn't I, didn't gl- an, I didn't sign an nda <laughs> i mean just gloss over it and i mean we were in the rainforest there's a rainforest that's named it's amazon um uh, okay. <laughs> but like, oh there you go okay but yeah so there was this like whole air of super professionality yeah and i hadn't met anyone else on the crew yeah um and i was just kind of on the job to do some data wrangling and second ac i liked the idea of the doco so i went on board um and when i got there i was the only person under 35 wow okay and by about you know 10 years and i was also the only female well quote unquote yeah uh, and obviously, clearly, the only queer. So, like, all of my peers were older men, except for the producer. Um, and so I kind of, you know, I didn't think that was that big a deal because I've, you know, worked in the film industry for five years and just sometimes, yeah. you you know. But, you know, I went away with these people. We were in North Queensland. I was like, okay, cool, this is going to be a bit of a, a time. Yeah. But there was never even uh, given an opportunity for me to s- disclose my pronouns Oh. Or to do anything like that. And so I was just like getting misgendered all week. Wow. Okay. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and I'm a very visibly queer person as well. Like, yes. I think like more, or at least more visibly queer than. I mean, like, I don't know. I feel like I dress pretty non... <laughs> I, I, I feel like I you do. Know. Yeah, um, like I'm sitting here in a hoodie and a <laughs> flat cap and But I, I think that's also when when people... I, I, I don't know if this is entirely, like, also just, like, queer people and non-queer people and it's just easier to read when you know what you're looking for. Totally. Um, because someone could also look at you and just be like... They just like t-shirts and hoodies. Yeah, like, yeah. Maybe they're a skater. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah there's like not even think twice. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I do. I, so what happened? Did they just kind of go? You know, it, it just never. It was never brought up. And they just went no. Nah. It was. It was never. There was never an opportunity for it to happen. And so, like me being me, being the youngest, I was like, I'm not bringing this up. You? Yeah. Hell no. Like I'm already like at the bottom of the rung on this hierarchy. So there was never any point where I felt even safe enough to go, hey, please don't misgender me. Or like, these are my pronouns. Yeah. And, you know, I'm on the back, you're on the back foot already. Yeah. Um, and it ha- it's happen- it happens a lot more than you think. And so I think like it is a changing industry that we're in and that courtesy really makes a big difference. Yeah. Like assumptions go a very long way. 
because if you're assuming something, like don't assume anything, just do it. Just do the courtesies because you never know who might put their hand up and say, hey, by the way, my pronouns are this. Yeah. You know, because you can't, there's no look necessarily, you know, no. for queerness. No. Um, and so it's good not to assume, I think is like, it's the best professional thing to go about it. And it's best not to assume and just, a, a you know, address and brief the crew at the beginning and say what's everyone's pronouns so we don't get it wrong mm. so that no one's coming up to me at the end of the shoot saying xyz like cover your ass like yeah you know and you know if i was running that shoot i would have done a lot differently but because i was in a very junior position i i wasn't going to speak up because i was like a it's embarrassing yeah uh b it feels unprofessional at this stage and see, I feel like no one's going to give a fuck anyway. <laughs> Sorry, am I allowed <laughs> yeah. to swear? No, you're absolutely yeah. allowed to swear. Um, I, I, I 100% agree with that. And I think made me think of just kind of when that was introduced, that whole like, um, and I can't remember what the, there was a form recently. God, mm. I can't remember. My partner pulled it up mm. and just said, um, what do you think of this? And it was a form that basically said how you identified and, you know, in terms of sexuality and all that stuff. Mm. I remember thinking in the back of my head, it was like, no, if this wants to be as inclusive as everything, it needs to look up and do the research because it has to have like a page and a half of every, because, you know, this is the thing as well. Everyone's trying to put them under, how do I identify? Um, He, she, or they or other identity or you know well, they like do- the third option is usually just like rather not say yeah right. <laughs> and you're like oh like- I, I would say yeah if i had the option yeah I'd it's like it. why are you denying but but there's always that kind of like mentality where it's like you'll yeah. just put it into this little box and hide it yeah and like i for those times like the boxes are important yeah um because like people's identities are important um and you know like for myself i was I was okay during the shoot. Like it was kind of a bit mm. jarring to have to be consistently misgendered throughout the entire shoot. But in the back of my head, I was like, it's, I mean, it's not fine, but I'm fine. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be okay with this. Um, but lots of other people, you know, might not be. And I think there is a bit of an ethos within film that's kind of like the strongest will prevail. Yeah. Which I hate. Because we're artists and we're sensitive people. And so why not let everyone be sensitive? Let's disclose our needs yeah. uh, and disclose, like, give everyone a chance to say, I mean, you know, give everyone a chance to be like, uh, at least say their pronouns <laughs> yeah. so that everyone on the set knows how to go about it. It's like working in a restaurant. Get, get get people's names right and you know like don't just have a badge don't yeah. Just, yeah or just yeah like know the things about your fellow co-workers um so that you can make this thing run really smooth yeah uh because the identity matters and like representation matters and you know especially within like yeah. very like uh crew roles like that especially on camera it's a stupid boys club only because it's just, you get bullied out of it. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think um, it's very interesting you say that because I just automatically think that even we're in this industry where we need to educate people yet the, and you're a hundred percent right with people just, and there was something also like, you know, I noticed 
that um, we just don't do in, in everyday life. We don't mm. go up to everyone and just be like, what's your, what's your pronoun? pronoun? Yeah. yeah, we don't. It, it's such a, I never realized that um, until you kind of like go, because you don't go to the cafe and go, what's your pronoun? Like, right. hi, can I get this right? Yeah. Because you're going to meet that person for like 30 seconds. Mm. But it should be kind of considered the norm. And I think people don't do it because they feel like it's, embarrassing like or it's not their place or it's not their place or Mm. it's like they don't want to be but you're putting people out more by not asking yeah because then it's the onus is on that person to have to do it so give people a bit more room i don't know like if you're in a power of position give people room to declare themselves (laughs) you know like yeah yeah do it like fucking do it make it normal let's normalize getting everyone's pronouns right yeah you know so that you don't just make it easier for yourself even if you don't care just make it it's a word yeah just make it easier for you down the line so that you don't fuck up your boss's pronoun or (sighs) you know like stuff like that there is there is a friend of mine who i've known for years and they recently just i remember having dinner with um dinner with them and we sat down and we're sitting by the grass and they just went oh please use these pronouns for from now on i was like mm, cool no worries awesome. i'm not even gonna think twice about this 30 second conversation yeah. if that and they were just like oh really and i was like yeah i don't care like yeah. as long as thank you're you for happy telling me. thank you for telling me yeah. if you're happy that's all good yeah move along yeah um you're better off asking the question because a, a trans person's always gonna appreciate being asked yeah. yes always instead of just hearing you assume Yes. You know, I'd rather be asked than someone assume every yes. single time. I think that's I think that's also like thank you Instagram. And I and totally th- you know totally. It's it's yeah. finally caught on yeah. after so many years. I mean, lol, still Instagram, but like Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. Um but it 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 did start putting everyone's pronouns as an option yeah. and and that has helped massively yeah. in terms of a lot of people, you know, knowing yeah. where they are and who they want to be. And yeah, like I've had my pronouns in my on my profile um, for a while now Yeah, just because I thought it was necessary. Um, not because it made me uncomfortable, but you can tell how yeah. uncomfortable it makes other people sometimes because they can't define you. Yes. You know? They and just go, huh? They're like, they're like, oh, what's right? And, oh, I don't want to. You're just like, let me make it easy for you. Like, it's they, them. Yeah. That's it. Like. I mean, the, I had this interesting conversation with also one of my friends ages ago. And he is raising a child at the moment mm. under gender creative um, parenting. Awesome. Which I think is great. Yeah. And. Uh, gender creative? I think, Is that what you said? Yeah, I think it's called. I've never heard that before. I, th- I think it's called gender creative. I love that. It's it's. Yeah. Um, I'll double check the name. I but like I think it. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah, and the it's premise, like Lego. Yeah, <laughs> but it's the premise is your um, child can basically you don't introduce any sort of like um, you just have a very gender fluid upbringing. Yeah, and therefore if you know, however your child wants to identify later they in life. They will naturally go they will, into that. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, and I think that's such a great parenting um, technique. Totally. And he was saying to me, he was like, I didn't grow up with this as much as my wife did. Mm. So when that was an option, I was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Like, I don't know as much about it as you do, mm. but, um, you know, he grew up in a very um, white cis um, gendered 
um, upbringing. So it was very rigid in a lot more ways. But he is so on board with every new idea and how people want to change and be who they want to be. Yeah. And he is just it's, – it's the kind of uh, conversations that you have with him that you don't feel like – He's, it's jarring. He mm. just goes, cool, no worries, mm. done. Mm. And then we'll just put it into his his brain somewhere. And, yeah, that that was, I think, one of the, the kind of early conversations. But he did say he was like the only frustration he has with they, them, was it was like the grammatical statement of it. And I get that. I get, but I'm also like, English is a fucked language. Yeah. If you put it down to... They're like everything. Although I will say it this about it is actually um, used uh, plurally and singularly. It can be, yeah. Um, so it's actually in, in other in other sentences as well. You absolutely. Can use so say okay. For example, you don't know who's parking the car across the road. You True. say they. They're parking it's, the car. It's yeah. Completely. Mm. Bad. So it's you know it's a bit of a stupid. But also, like, fuck it. I Just know. say it. Like, <laughs> we say lol. We we ca- we make up words all the time. Why are we being so rigid on that? Like, I do agree. I think it's. I think it's just find it funny that that the English language isn't always perfect. But we have. It's you know the English you, language is like bubble and squeak of every other language. It's it's French and German. It's, it's yeah, squirrel, and like it's a fucking bit of Latin is. and a bit of everything else. It's trash. It's, it's trash. It's, it's trash. And, and we <laughs> sh- and in the Australian language we shorten we shorten <laughs> words so we're fucked even more. Yeah, like, like yeah, we're too lazy to even say the whole word. Yeah. So I mean, like. I think I think in they they them it's it's just one of those things that I, although I do how do you find it with uni is that is that pretty much because I haven't been to uni in years right um, last time I they were very much he she so yes. how is it now in terms of that yeah uh, it's getting better um, but I mean like I go to art school yeah. so it's probably not the average experience <laughs> to be fair but I mean I go to the I go to the National Art School in Sydney. And it, I mean, even there, it's still, it reflects society anywhere. Yeah. Like any university can be a microcosm for what's going on. Yeah. And just because it's a bunch of art kids doesn't mean they haven't been brought up with rigid points of view. And so, you know, there is still these conversations happening and it, there is still a lot of learning. I mean, I brought up in my class being like, can we please, you know, uh, talk about our pronouns in the class, you know, assuming that everyone was cis and then uh you know a kid in my class is like oh yeah i'm trans my name's blah 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 um can you please call me he him and everyone was like oh great and yeah. so it's just like it, you normalize it so quickly and if you normalize it immediately at the beginning it doesn't feel weird yeah i mean i still get misgendered i get misgendered all the time like constantly all of the time like every day I get misgendered because I've got long hair, I've got a pretty face, I've got boobs, even though I wear like super androgynous clothing, you know, people will assume something yeah, because of what your body looks like, which is kind of weird. Yes. Don't you think? Like, I think that's weird. Um, <laughs> Look, I've got a lot of things that I think are weird, are weird. about, about yeah, like, like, people's possession. But it doesn't upset me, not to say that it shouldn't upset everyone, no. because, the, you know, like, I'm personally past that journey. For The semantics doesn't mean as much to me as the intention. Um, and if it's from someone that I don't care about, I'm like, whatever. <laughs> I agree. I will educate. You know what? I'll educate you. Let's have this conversation. But, you know, like, it, it is, it's contextual. Yep. And if it's not worth me correcting someone, uh, um, myself, if I'm with my friends or my partner or whatever, 
they'll probably correct them pretty quickly. And so like there is this whole thing of you have to really be on everyone who misgenders everyone all the time, Yeah, which I don't love because I think people should be allowed to get it wrong. Uh, Absolutely. And, and, and learn and give it being given a chance because, you know, say you get something wrong and then someone just comes at you. You're going to get defensive. Or quiet. Or quiet, you know, and you're going to be like, "Mm, you know, you want, I, you just want to give people chances to accept it. And I don't, I'm not going to attack anyone. I'm going to, if someone keeps doing it after I've said, please stop doing that, then it's going to be a chat, you know, then we're going to sit down and go, what's up? Yeah. But if it's like, you know, like, I think you've really got to pick and choose your battles because at the end of the day, like for queer people, the last of my concerns personally is being called the wrong pronoun, you know? Yeah. My concerns are accessing adequate health care and mental health. Yes. You know, like, and being represented and having your legal rights. And so there are this hierarchy of needs and, and pronouns for me, it's, it's a little bit further down than other things. Yeah. But that's not to say I have had, you know, you, misgendering can be very violent. Yes. Um, it's yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not a. I'm not speaking for a, everyone, no. but. And I think it, I think that's also like the the other side of the coin is you know that is we can't speak for everyone because yeah. Um it, and it always it always makes me interested because um you know when you see spokespeople and stuff and they're speaking for a community <clears> or <throat> they're speaking when it, when someone's nominated to do that that's fine right. but when it's just like a free voice that suddenly decides to have an opinion it can be a very dangerous thing as well and i think not to say that's always a dangerous opinion because you know people have opinions all the time and you know like but i think i i know i do (laughs) which is good because we need opinions like this um but i you know there, there are a lot of dangerous opinions as well where it's you know like um there was you know there's every time there is a bloody um, march in a city that sometimes there'll be great marches and sometimes you'll see the marches that get approved that are also really offensive and um, segregated, um, you know, in what they believe in or, you know, very um, anti um, a lot of different things. Like it's just, but I agree with you. People will get mistakes and um, just reminds me of back when I was like 18, 19. Um, my, um, uh, this person is unfortunately no longer um, around in my life, just mm. dissipated in terms of friend group. Mm. But um, they, when they came out and was like, oh, I identify as they, them, I'm trans. And I was like, cool, how do you want to go about, do you need some help sort of telling people, like, what can I do to help you? And they were like, oh, you know, don't worry about it. you know. And I was like, people were misgendering them all the time. Mm. I was like, I felt bad because I was like, I know. And I kind of want to go up to these people and be like, look, they go by they, them. Do you mind just like putting mm. that in your head? And, and there was an element of I felt like a responsibility mm. to help them. But that is also, I, what do you think about that as well? Like if that being someone's journey and like not having everyone. Because I feel like there must be that side of the coin where you don't want entirely everyone to speak on your behalf. Yes. And I think it's also maybe a lot to do with uh people need to have the right to disclose things themselves. Yeah. Um, because of personal safety issues. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it's an interesting question. I mean, like, look, with with all of this, it is 
genuinely like everyone's own experience is going to be different yeah. and their own opinions and ways they're going to go about it are going to be different. Um, but for me, I can only answer this for myself, but when I've been asked, you know, say by a friend or a partner to be like, Hey, do you need me to, I can see that this person's misgendering you. Uh, do you want me to step in and say something? I feel very conflicted. Yeah. Because I go, oh, shit, well, I don't want to make this about me. But also this person is asking to defend me for me and use their voice and their privilege. And so, you know, you, yeah, it depends. And often I'll say no, but out of pride. Yeah. And I'm like, what am I gaining out of that? <laughs> like, <laughs> I've just had someone ask me to be vocally my ally and I'm like, not. Yeah. Like, who am I? <laughs> I need that. Like, we need that. And it's good. And, you know, it's nice to be asked. Um, it's a weird, it's a weird thing because you feel like you're, you don't necessarily owe people that. Yeah. But if they're going to just start, you, you do kind of, assuming the shittiness of people yeah. to be like, hey, just straight up before you start talking. My pronouns are they, them. So if you're going to say any transphobic stuff, it's not going to fly here. So don't bother. Like, yeah. you know, from that point of view. And so it is kind of, you know, I, I, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it, uh, you just made me think of a, a, a scenario, and this was years ago when I started in the TV industry, but it was very much like, um, one and god this was like young me so it was like when i didn't stick up for a lot of stuff and mm. i will say this young me was less of an advocate than i am now yeah because me too like yeah. you know as as you were saying before like we just don't speak up and we kind of go oh, i don't understand you know i don't know enough about Is myself my place? Yeah. yeah um but this happened at work and um two of the people who were working there were talking and shit talking about um you know gay people and everything like that and i was just like they they did this for 20 minutes before they turned to me and just go you're not gay are you and i went oh and at the time i was just like no no you know and i just kind of was like ignore this because i don't want to be here kind of yeah. situation and i have no power and what if you were like well kind of yeah what they've said like they, you've well, already heard everything <laughs> it's like did you not think 20 minutes Ugh. ago that what you were about to be so Stupid. I don't think it's even stu stupid. Ignorant. I think ignorant. It's yeah. it's a hundred percent. And I mean, you go to certain pockets of you know Sydney, or you go to certain pockets of Australia, or the world even, and you will find people who just have no comprehension or understanding of anything other than the little tiny bubble, the tiny bubble as we yeah. were talking about that just goes. No, I know this, yeah. and it's. Yeah, it's ignorant people are going to always be ignorant as well. Like they're always going to find a way to reduce. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I think it's like it's like the classic like Karen syndrome. Like they want to find a way to make it about themselves. Yeah. Where it's just like yeah, it's it's hard because disclosure is something that you feel like you have a right to do. Yeah. But then also sometimes you never get a chance to do it or it's not safe to do it or, you know, it's a situation like that at work where people are already talking shit and then you're like, and then you get asked and you're like, well, I'm not going to tell you the truth. <laughs> you don't, yeah. you don't deserve to know that about me as well. 
Like, yeah, you know, it's kind of a privilege to know as well. Like, if you don't know, you don't get to know. Yeah. Um, which I do think is valid. Like, a lot of celebrities just don't come out. Like, I think, I mean, imagine how many gay celebrities there are. Yeah. That we just don't know about. That uh just not doing anything about it because it's just like, oh, I don't want to ruffle any feathers. It's that same idea that we're talking about, but like on a much bigger scale. Yeah. Right. Um, and so like, I think the important thing, like if we just can normalize it, normalize doing it at the fucking truck stop, normalize <laughs> it at a cafe, normalize correcting your, uh, uh, coworkers, normalize correcting your parents. Yeah. Normalize correcting people you don't know very well. Like just do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do and you, ask them, yeah. Yeah, and straightforward asking them. And I think, you know, going back to, like, you know, film and everything as well, do you think that's something you really want to inject throughout your career in, in films, like stuff that you believe in quite strongly and become more prominent in your um, beliefs and your ideas of life? Or is it sort of like try and not vocalise your opinions in your stuff? Because some people never do. They right. just like in your terms of your work and your art. I mean, I feel like it would be very hard not to. Yeah. Uh for me because whenever I'm making something, uh it feels it's a part of me. Yeah. Like I get so invested. Like I'm I'm a very like I've got this very secret type A personality that when I'm creating something, it is all I'm thinking of. I'm dreaming about it. I'm spending every second of my day about so like it would be very hard for me not to put uh something like that into what i'm making Mm. if i made a film it would be very hard not to uh not to include that um so yeah i feel like i am very vocal about it and i will continue to be and i think it's something that's lacking a little like yeah to be so subjective uh, in your art and like my art's coming directly from me my art's not ma- being made in this realm to be judged separate art from artist i don't believe in that you know no. no i don't believe in it like the art comes from the artist it's going to represent the things that are your values so yeah anything i make is going to be heavily quote-unquote political that way yeah because my point of view and my lifestyle again in quotes like i'm using <laughs> i'm using political buzzwords for my I own love like, it. yeah this is crazy but like yeah anything i make and do is going to reflect myself and because yeah. of my existence is political it's going to be like that it's going to be jarring it's going to be challenging it's going to hopefully change some minds hopefully make people pissed off Hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, like, that would be the best thing ever is to have a really hated movie. That's better than even having a really loved movie. Like, do, you th- do you think you'll look forward to – is there a part of you that look forward to taking this back to Brisbane as well and and really, like, not only just kind of pissing a few people off, but yeah. educating people over there as well? Absolutely. Um, I do see myself, like, eventually going back to Brisbane mm. and starting um, – some film work there just because like screen queensland is popping off it really is by the way like if you're in queensland and you're a filmmaker look at the grants that they've got on their website like look at all the crew stuff there is shit going on um but also there's room for that to grow and there is you know i reckon my voice is valid and i want it 
I'm not going to stop anything. Like I'm mm. not going to change anything to cater for anyone else. Like I'm just going to do what I feel like I should do. Yeah. And there are like Queensland needs to hear it. Like Brisbane, we need some gay filmmakers. <laughs> like we need some we Australia, we need some gay filmmakers. Yeah. I feel like Melbourne is the only one that has a I know. really big film festival queer yeah. identity. Yeah. And it's just like Which uh, is great. Yeah, it's great. It's great. But I mean like it needs to be state by state. It just totally. needs to be like WA. Adelaide. Adelaide's got a great scene. Yeah. Um, but Brisbane, I feel like it could happen because the, the the chance is there. And I know that like it's not like there's no gay people. Yeah. It's just that they're not but as it, vocal. It would be like, you know, it would also be like as away. jarring as Darwin, you know, the Northern Territory suddenly be like, we've got a gay film festival or a queer yeah. film, you know, like anything. And then suddenly I would know so many people would be like, what? Yeah. I want to like, I want to piss people off. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun doing something and people go, what the hell? Yeah. And you're like, great. <laughs> you know, some A, you saw it and B, you had a strong reaction to it. It yeah. means you're going to get talked about. It means, you know, like I'm glad, like it's no middle of the road shit. Yeah. You know, this isn't some marriage story crap. This is like people's lives. This is people's life or death. And I want to make stories that are reflecting that. Yeah. Sort of thing. I mean, because those experiences happen in Queensland. I mean, especially in Queensland, the, the queer suicide rate is astronomical. Yeah. Um, and that's something that doesn't get talked about a lot because yeah. I think everyone just goes, oh, Queensland is so homophobic. But, you know, lots of people don't get a chance to get out. Yeah. And so, like, it does need to get normalized from, from the inside because just how many people's lives could be impacted by some acceptance uh, yeah. of their communities and normalizing experiences that people cannot change. And, you know, just like that gender therapy and all that stuff just irritates me to the nth degree and I just hate it. Yeah. And one of my favorite people, you know, like favorite historical people is Alan Turing. Um, and mm -hmm. unfortunately also had you know, reassignment, mm -hmm. like in terms of sexuality and everything, but it was just, it's just things like that where they're told, people are told to be uh, one way and then, yeah. you know, they get psychologists, they're given medication to fix mm. it. And it's just like, but they've also, like also like for him, he's performed this societal function yeah. that has gone above and beyond. Yeah, I, I would I would have loved to have met him today. I mean, imagine and, and just yeah. he would probably be so happy compared to what he was living and the shit that he had to deal with back yeah. then. And by no means we are in a much better position because it's it's not illegal anymore. Well, not not here. <laughs> not for the last uh, three years. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh god, really? Has it only been that long? Is it? What's the year? Uh, four. four years. Five. Uh, that's true. Five years. Five years. But still, yeah, that's not that long. It's not long. No. No. And there is a, you know, I think the thing is, you know, there's great documentaries out there. There's great, there's great, you know, films made about, you know, Australia, um, the queer community in Australia in the 1970s. There's an ABC show that is based upon that era. Mm. Um, but, I mean, like, one of one of my mum's friends, he, um, his mum, basically, when he came out as gay, was told, oh, you'll never be happy then. 
And it was just like, that was what? He's in his 60s now. Yeah. But that, you know, when you're in your... I bet she, she probably believed it. Yeah. Like... Because, you know, it, it's like that whole idea of, you know, how we have to measure up to someone else or society they're telling us you know and this is why i think that people this is why i have a little bit of a you know little pin in my butt about the whole idea that politics is brought with religion don't you dare bring religion into politics because it should be about people not about what god or anyone else fucking up there wants to think it's Mm. about people and who they are on this planet Mm. and there is something very wrong with the the way the liberal government think about people in general it is fucked it being on belief it, like generally like it's almost like we're living in some sort of dystopian yeah it's a joke it's a it's a joke and yeah. if it wasn't so serious it'd be funny but, but it's not it's, it's, it's not oh, it's just it's so it's, but yeah i mean like but that's the pro like that's not the problem that's the good thing like with yeah. art is that it has um it has the power to change people's perspectives yeah and i mean at the end of the day, we're all people, like, we're all capable of empathy. I mean, most of us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, actually. I mean, you know, most of us, excluding um, ScoMo, probably. But, like. Hawaii. 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 Yeah, like, <laughs> no worries, man. Um, I'll just let you burn. It's yeah. fine. Fucking um. ding dong. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I mean, like, you know, it has the power. So, like, which is interesting why the arts in Australia has been so attacked. Yes. Because I think they recognize that artists have actually quite a bit more power than they would ever give us credit for. Yeah. You know, because it it defines societal eras. Like you define an era by the art movement. Yeah. You know, you define an era by the things that people are watching and reading and listening to and subscribing to. And, uh, and as, as an artist, you have a great power in that, but we're not, taught how much power we actually do have yeah because we're taught that we're less than especially right now in australia where artists are being treated very shit by the government especially freelancers you know it's it's a world where we know that we've got powerful things to say and the things that we do challenge society Mm. and lots of people aren't ready to hear it and that is threatening which is kind of cool <laughs> it's kind of cool because it's like oh okay we this is a weapon yeah like our thoughts and our authenticity and our love now empathy and our resilience is a weapon yeah because it's honest and it's real yeah you know i i 100 agree agree with that and i think that's a, a perfect point to wrap on as well mm. but i mean like yeah it's just a Everything is, you know, we have so many powerful stories and so many powerful opinions that, yeah, that I think we need to tell them. And I think, I think people like us, it's, you know, it, you know, and I don't want to put us in this where the, you know, where us versus them, but us versus them. Yeah. But it, it, it really does go. join us. Like any liberals, yeah, yeah. <laughs> please make some art. <laughs> yeah, but just people out there make art, make things that, you know, really speak to people because yeah. it will. And also just be fucking kind. Yeah. Be kind, considerate. And yeah. it's just, it gets you. It goes you, a really long way. It really does. It really goes a long way. <laughs> um, and also, you know, this this world will get better. It won't probably be entirely in our lifetime. No. But, it you know. It would be nice to. Uh, it would be nice to. It would be nice to, like, know that you've. Influenced. Influenced something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but you know, I think I think both you and I are going to influence a lot of things. I think you know, hopefully, then the next like you know, we're only in our twenties. Yeah, we're only in our twenties, but I mean, you know, that's that's a nice thought. Um, but you know, and and hopefully, when you go back to Brisbane, you can really kind of like tell people this is who I am, and this is the this is kind of the, the I know there's other people like me in Brisbane. Yeah, who can then be brought out by your influence and and just other people's influence as well not just like solely wrestling you but just more voices coming out yeah like yeah for a long time i was embarrassed about being so outspoken yeah um and now i'm kind of reaching the point where it's like oh okay that's actually that's fine i'm allowed to be outspoken um i'm happy with that (laughs) yeah because i believe what i'm saying um, and I believe what I'm doing and I'm willing to be challenged. I'm willing to learn. Uh, yeah. I'm actually, I'm basically just like the perfect person. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. You hit it here, folks. Yeah, hit it here. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. I think that's my favorite thing. Um, look, I'm, I'm just, just perfect. perfect. What, what's up, guys? What's up? Shut up. Hey, um, hey, it's lies. Just being- <laughs> Continuing another perfect day. No, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, no. In in a, on a serious note, <laughs> yeah. um, that's all I can personally do. Yeah, I'm not saving lives by making art, but hopefully, I'm influencing people enough to yeah speak out and say like I don't know, you know, like it's a you know. I think I think everything that you've said tonight um, has been fantastic, and I really want to thank you for having such a great debate. No worries, um, because it's actually been really like I think educational, and hopefully a lot of people out there actually do learn about you know the whole idea of you know yeah. just being represented in in such a bizarre time, um, time. in these strange and unprecedented times. I feel like this is like almost like the Twilight Zone. Like we're about to introduce a really supernatural kind of science fiction story. Our guest, the ghost. (laughs) More at ten. But thank you, Lies, for for joining. It has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me, Um, Martin. And where can people find you? Where on the socials can people track you down? Um, So I'm on Instagram um, at Lies L I Z E dot M P four. Um, which I love. <laughs> thank you. Got to keep it simple. Um, yeah, it's just my personal Instagram. It's like a mix of my personal, uh, some photos of me, some photos of my cat, some photos of my artwork. Uh, I never got the memo that you had to create a different Instagram for your professional life, so I never did it. Uh, so you're welcome, everybody. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's me. That's that's it. I love that. Yeah, that's all. Oh my god! Yeah. Um. And yeah. And if you. Oh, want- I'm on TikTok as well. Oh, okay. What's what's your TikTok? Same handle? thing, <laughs> but the content is very lowbrow. So. Like funny lowbrow. Or- I'll let everyone else be the judge. <laughs> 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 Lord, okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have fun. I think like, it's funny. <laughs> I'm sure it is funny. I'm just intrigued. <laughs> don't now. don't look it up. <laughs> so tell people to look it up, but don't look it up. No, don't do that. Okay. Is it it's uh, is it PG? Is it R rated? Oh no, it's PG. It's just boring. Uh, it's just not very funny. It's funny. I think it's funny. Don't look it up. <laughs> Lord. Um, but this has been the Things We Do podcast. If you want to check out more episodes, you can check them out on Apple Spotify, uh, uh, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. <laughs> and I will be speaking with another guest next week, and I'll speak to you all later. Goodbye. Goodbye.